Hey there, it's Ariel Hawani, one-third of the fastest-growing show in combat sports. I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm P.T. Carroll, and together we are 3 Puck. Join us on the Spotify Live app after every UFC pay-per-view and become a part of the best community in mixed martial arts. Or, if you can't make it, check out the Ringer MMA Show podcast exclusively on Spotify. See you then. Love yous. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. Our fantasy football draft guide is live. You can see our fantasy football rankings at fantasyfootball.theringer.com. They're awesome. Please check them out. So much has happened since our last episode. Like, an absolute unending stream of news has happened since we last recorded. We're just doing an entire episode, basically, of just training camp updates and training camp hype because so much has happened. So... We're just going to get into it. Number one, obviously, as you've probably already heard, Deshaun Watson has been suspended by the NFL for six games. Uh, Sue Robinson, the mediator in charge, wrote that Mr. Watson's pattern of conduct is more egregious than any before reviewed by the NFL. So Watson got a six-game suspension, and that's kind of jarring to hear because, I mean, Calvin Ridley, the Falcons receiver, got a year-long suspension for gambling. DeAndre Hopkins got the same amount of games as Watson for PED use. Tom Brady got four games for suspending for, uh, for deflating football. So six games, kind of a weird number for Deshaun Watson. And honestly, this whole process with Watson, like this has been a very confusing System, it's like a completely brand new process. And honestly, we're all kind of learning the rules as we go here. So just a couple things I wanted to clarify. Uh, Watson settled 23 of the 24 lawsuits against them. But this the decision isn't based on 24 counts. The NFL only really brought four of the 24 forward. So four is really what factored into this, not 24. Also, I just want to be clear that when the, when the NFL ends up giving him a, a six-game suspension, it's not like court. It's not a civil court. The suspension length is derived from the collective bargaining agreement. It's the owners and the players' union negotiate the rules of their workplace, and they sign a document agreeing on the rules. So when Calvin really gets suspended for a year, that's the punishment that the owners and players' union agreed. If a player gambles, for a year, if gambles they get suspended for a year. It's a pre-negotiated punishment. And so in the personal conduct policy, that's kind of what we're they're pulling from from Watson. So again, it's not really about fairness, it's about what they've already agreed on are the rules. 
And basically what Sue Robinson hinted at in this decision is the NFL wrote some really bad rules. And that's basically all we're talking about here is Sue Robinson saying the NFL personal conduct policy is very poorly written and the NFL cannot give the suspension they wanted. The NFL wanted to give a 17-game suspension and the union wanted zero. And the NFL apparently wrote their personal conduct policy very poorly. So that's why it's just six games. But what's next is it might not stay that way. Without going too deep into this legalese that could change within 48 hours, Roger Goodell can essentially edit the six-game suspension. It's a whole thing where he can, the NFL can appeal to itself. It's very strange. But essentially, Goodell can just edit the suspension. And if he does that, there'll be a lot more lawyers and all this other stuff. We don't have to get into that right now. So for right now, where we stand is Deshaun Watson suspended for six games, but Goodell can extend that. We will probably find out if they decide to, the NFL decides to extend that suspension, we'll find out probably by this week. And then how many games the NFL pushes for, we might find out either late this week or very early next week. So we probably won't have to wait too long to get more clarity on this situation. It might drag out for a lot longer. It might end by next week. So we right now are still expecting Watson to miss a bigger chunk of the season than six games. And we have ranked the Cleveland Browns players to reflect that, but we're going to have more clarity on this situation probably very soon. Also today, Alvin Kamara, the Saints running back, had his felony battery case in Las Vegas. That has been postponed another 60 days. So the trial is now set for late September. Basically, it's looking more and more like Alvin Kamara might get, a if he is suspended, for this incident it's looking more and more like it might get pushed to 2023 if because the nfl tr is trying to levy suspensions after the legal process has played out but it only takes this court case getting moved like one more time until alvin Kamara could basically play all of the 2022 season never mind obviously the legal process playing out can take a long time so even if Kamara is suspended for this incident it's starting to really look like that'll be a 2023 suspension. So Kamara, more likely than not, probably playing a lot of 2022. Okay. Other news that happened from the last time we were recorded. Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf both signed massive contract extensions. Yep. Almost identical too. <laughs> so they all this so all these guys have the same agent. Debo, DK, Terry McLaurin, and AJ Brown, all the same agent. They're all from the same draft class, and they all kind of got a very similar deal. Mm -hmm. Uh do we want to talk Debo first? Because he's newer, or DK, your beloved DK Metcalf. Your guys' call. Your guys' call. What Let's start think? with Debo. Okay, so Debo got three-year deal, $72 million extension, like $60 million guaranteed. There's rushing incentives in the deal, so basically he gets a little more than half a million dollars a year if he has more than 380 rushing yards in a season. He barely had that last year, so that one seems unlikely. And then Debo also gets $150,000 if he scores three rushing touchdowns in a season. So if he hits three, he's hitting like fifty grand a pop. Which a last year he scored eight rushing touchdowns. By the way, that's not that much. I mean... It's not that much at all. It's a lot for a normal person, but in $72 million contract, 150K is just like, hey, I showed up to practice today. Give me my 150K. Right. That's you know? in the same range as like what UFC gives for like fight of the night. Like that's <laughs> so, not that much. It, it's really for show, but basically right, right. the Debo contract, the Debo contract, hold in, hold out, whatever thing. This is over. So basically, where do you guys feel one about Debo being used as a rusher this season and then just wider, just does this change anything about your outlook for Debo this season, DK? Uh, from a fantasy point of view, no, it doesn't change anything other than the fact that we know now he's going to be playing for the 49ers because there was this whole saga this offseason where it felt like he maybe was going to force a trade. I don't know if he was just using that for leverage. I don't know if he said that today or not. I didn't hear that, but um, 
You think he would just admit it? Yeah, I was doing it well, for leverage. Well, DK Metcalf admitted he was basically bluffing the Seahawks. <laughs> so, um, because he was basically telling them, I'm going to leave. I'm sure he used the Russell Wilson trade as like a huge amount of leverage. <laughs> um, but yeah, Debo at one point apparently requested a trade. They made things up or whatever. They they offered enough money to, I guess he could bury the hatchet. And now uh, it's all good. And, and Shanahan came out and said, basically, you know, they're not going to not use him as a rusher. Like he's this incredible diverse weapon, a force multiplier that can line up anywhere in the, in the offense and do his thing. And so like, they're obviously not going to stop using him that way. But I think if you read between the lines and if you kind of look at what the 49ers have done this offseason, number one, giving him this massive extension, number two, drafting a big bruising running back in the third round in Ty Davis price. I think that kind of tells you like, look, last year we used Debo more or less because we were desperate. All of our running backs were hurt. Um, it worked really well, but now I don't think that they're going to utilize him quite as much in that role. I think obviously he's good and he can do um, some really fun, exciting and like dangerous things as a running back. But I think at the end of the day, he's a receiver and he's a really good receiver. Um, and from a fantasy point of view, like, uh, I think Josh Norris was pointing this out. Like he would have been like the receiver ten, even if he took away all of his rushing production. Um, yeah. So he was like a damn good receiver, and he just also happens to be able to run the ball and scored a bunch of rushing touchdowns. So um, it doesn't change my opinion. In fact, it, it makes me a little more bullish for him going forward because I know that he's in the he's in the offense that really fits his skill set. His year last year was kind of like the tale of two halves. The first season or the first half of the season, his stat line is all receiving yards, and he had he had mm-hmm. six carries in the first eight games. The second half of the season, his stats are all rushing yards. He had 53 carries in the remaining nine games. Yeah. So, and that's because yeah. all the running backs got hurt and they had to change things around. But I agree with you, DK. I think he's obviously going to be much more of a receiver than a running back this year. I think they want him to be. I mean, the financial incentives don't exactly say we're going to give you 100 carries a season. Um, right. So it doesn't really change where I'm ranking him, to be honest. I think he's still in that like wide receiver 8, 9, 10 range. We have him as the wide receiver 7 in our, our rankings, which will be updated uh, today when people are listening to this August 2nd. Does anything about Trey Lance being the quarterback feel icky to you, DK? Are we just kind of over, like, are we so focused on Debo being cool and the running back thing that we're not actually even really discussing that he is a essentially a rookie quarterback? I know Trey Lance was in the NFL last year and played a couple games, but he would be the second youngest quarterback in this year's draft, and we're not, like, concerned about that at all. <laughs> I think there is, you know, there's a little bit of concern, but... Um, it doesn't sound like there's concern. Everybody in the media is in love with Trey Lance and think he's the second coming. <laughs> he's had some ups. He's had some ups and downs in terms of training camp. Like there's <laughs> been a couple of days where where the beat, rep- beat reporters are like, uh, it was pretty rough uh, to be totally honest. Like he threw a bunch of picks, blah blah blah. But then like today, for instance, this is we're recording Monday afternoon. Um, he had a good day. So it's I think you're gonna get you're gonna take your lumps. But uh, on that note, on that note, Jimmy Garoppolo two years ago on the first day or the second day, like almost to the day two years ago, through six interceptions in practice, everyone was talking about how he probably should get cut. And then the 49ers made the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the other thing about training camp is like, dude, this is what it's for. This is practice. We literally are talking about practice. They're trying to get better. They're trying to push the envelope. He's trying to push the ball into tight windows, all that stuff. This is a good defense also, by the way, that he's playing against. So, um, People are putting a lot of weight uh, to the fact that Kyle Shanahan is there. I think people are yeah. just kind of assuming, even if Trey Lance is not that good, the Kyle Shanahan offense will be constructed well enough that everything will be okay, that Debo will get his manufactured touches, and that Trey Lance can play in an offense kind of constructed around him to where no matter what, he'll, he, he'll be kind of a top 12 option, even if he's good at quarterback or if he's not. 
Well, that's that's the beauty of the rushing thing is like yeah. you can suck at throwing. <laughs> you could still be a, a good fantasy quarterback. I think though the one thing I will say that it makes me excited about Trey Lance versus the Jimmy Garoppolo thing is like yes, there's more variables here. Yes, there's like a lower floor. I think, but he pushes the ball vertically, so this could really change the complexion of their offense, like the way that they attack down the field. Like he's going to throw vertical. He's going to throw um, aggressively down the field. Whereas Jimmy G was more of just like a game manager type check down type guy. Um, and I don't know. I just kind of trust Shanahan to like scheme it up, do a lot of play action, utilize the run game to kind of like set things up. I don't know. I just think there's, there could be more efficiency in their offense uh, down the field. You know what I mean? It's completely unfair, but Debo's injury stuff just kind of freaks me out. He's played basically yeah. seven seasons between yeah. college and the NFL, and like just banking on him to have the healthiest season he's had again just freaks me out a little. Says the guy who what, what do you have McCaffrey? What do you have McCaffrey ranked second overall? Look, McCaffrey's the best player in fantasy history by points per game. <laughs> so Debo is like the best yards after catch ever. He was the number two receiver last year. Doesn't it suck that we have to just constantly say? Oh yeah, but he gets hurt a lot. Oh yeah, but he gets hurt a lot. Injuries are fucking annoying. Like I just yeah. I swear though, I, I've never seen a player have like more mixed reviews by actual beat reporters who are watching him play versus just glowing endorsements from all the fantasy people. Everyone's like, Trey Lance is gonna be incredible. And every beat is like in a mediocre day today. Yeah. Well, the problem is again, because fantasy's scoring is really dumb. And Trey Lance can be a bad quarterback, but if he runs for 80 yards and a touchdown, but they lose by 20 points. That's like, it, he's the goal, QB2, Trey Lance. That's the garbage time king, baby. Jalen Hurts, remember? Um, he has like four points going into the fourth quarter and then he finishes with 30. Also, uh, what's that stat hype that you always give about Kyle Shanahan with Nick Mullins? Like he, he's, he was the second oh. quickest quarterback to get to, what was it? It was most passing yards in a quarterback's first career 16 game starts. <laughs> it's Mahomes and then Nick Mullins, it's right? It's Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is the first most passing yards in the first 16 games of his career for Patrick Mahomes. Then it's Nick Mullins. And then I believe it's like Andrew Luck, Tony Romo, Kurt Warner. What the hell? I That makes me feel bullish. Dude, about and then Mullins went, yeah. I don't even know where he went to like four different teams and never did jack shit. Is he again. on a team? Is he in the NFL? I barely. I, I, so I, I put Trey, I've moved Trey Lance up. I've, I've, I have him as my seventh quarterback. <laughs> I've thought about this a lot and I've basically created my own tier of like Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance because it's like there are so many good quarterbacks. You can just take Trey Lance and you have to take him early. But again, think about what I just said with Nick fucking Mullins. And then Trey Lance is out here like the number two pick in the draft. And I, or number three, I, I forget. Honestly, I don't know. Three. Three. And so the worst thing that happens is Trey Lance is hot garbage and you like still have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But like if Trey Lance is actually really good, I think Trey Lance is going to be incredible. So I'm, I'm kind of starting to think yeah. Trey Lance will actually just be good. All right, well, let's go from Nick Mullins to DK Metcalf. I don't know how we took that detour. DK Metcalf also signed his extension, three of $72 million. Good deal. Yeah. Uh, I've gone back and forth DK Metcalf a bunch of times this season. DK, Seahawks fan, rose-colored glasses. Are, is DK, how's DK going to do without freaking going from Russell Wilson to Geno Smith? When I mean, not as spiel? good. Not as good. I mean, that's the, end of the bottom line. Like The quarterback play is going to be far worse. Uh DK Metcalf was a perfect fit with Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson would launch these moon balls down the field and give DK Metcalf the opportunity to just run past defenders. Um, but if you look at some of the splits, you know, with Geno Smith, when he was starting last year, he was still getting a good amount of volume. Like he was getting a lot of targets. There were different style targets. They were much shorter in the much shorter area or whatever. It wasn't like as efficient, but I still think D DK Metcalf can be a good like fantasy receiver. I think he's an elite or he's like approaching elite 
level as like a talent and as a player. Um, and I and Heifetz and I have gone back and forth on this because I think Heifetz thinks he's a little bit overrated. And I'm, of course, the CX homer who thinks he's like the second coming of Randy Moss or whatever. But um, since he came into the NFL, he's been in the NFL uh, he, three years. He in, 2019? Yeah. Three seasons. He ranks 10th among all receivers in the NFL since he was drafted in yards. He's fifth in touchdowns among all receivers since he was drafted. And he's, that's tied with Cooper Cup, by the way. Um, and he's seventh all-time in the NFL's history in touchdown catches over any player's first three seasons. Uh, he is now, and the best part is, he is now the same age as Cooper Cup when Cooper Cup was drafted into the NFL. Well, technically when he started in the NFL because he was uh, 23 when he was drafted, but 24 as a rookie. DK Metcalf is 24 years old and he scored 29 career touchdowns. He has over 3,000 yards. He's really fucking good. Um, and of course people will say like, oh, he's signing on to be with like the shitty Seahawks with no quarterback. And I get that. I, I think that's understandable. Um, but this is the exact kind of player. This, a team like the Seahawks need to retain an elite, that's still ascending touchdown creator, explosive play creator. Did you guys know that DK Metcalf is six months younger than Velas Jones Jr.? <laughs> I love that. It's so good. Um, Anyways, I think he's really good. I think this is a good deal for the Seahawks. I think it makes a lot of sense. And it's also a really great deal for Metcalf, who will become a free agent, in theory, when in, when he's like still in his like sort of age apex, 27, 28 years old. And so he can have this huge deal, get another monster, monster deal before he retires. So um, I think it's good for everybody. And that'll be good because when he's 27, he'll get his nether contract. And then that's how old Brandon Whedon was when he was drafted. So we can just keep <laughs> Dude, doing that over so and over bizarre. again. Yeah, that is so bizarre. Um, I think DK is one of the weirdest guys to rank this year. Totally, totally. You know, he had an up and down year last year. DK, you like to peg that he was actually pretty decent with Geno Smith, right? Because sometimes well, these number ones with bad quarterbacks just get peppered. Four for four has a really good like tool that allows you to look at like the numbers with a certain player also on the field. A couple of different places have this, but um, basically when Geno Smith was playing last year, his target rate dropped from 24 to 22 compared with Russell Wilson. So his, his target rate dropped a little bit, um, but he actually averaged more receptions, more receiving yards, and more receiving touchdowns per game with Geno Smith. Oh, I was, I'm, I'm sorry. Wait, before, before Russ got hurt, or is that on the whole season? This is Russell Wilson versus uh, Geno Smith starting. So when Geno Smith was starting, I'm not going to lie. I feel like that stat's a little invalid because I didn't. You've been throwing that at me all year, and I didn't realize that that includes after Russ came back from 19 hours a day rehabbing his finger that didn't fucking work, and he came back and immediately had the worst four games in a row he's ever had. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean that's fair. And again, it's a small sample too. I'm not saying he's going to be better with Geno Smith. Um, the big change, though, really when you're looking at these numbers, is the air yards is like half. He's not, he's, he's getting half the amount of air yards versus playing with Russell Wilson. So they're not airing it out. It's going to be more dink and dunk, but he's still good enough to get a lot of volume and he's still good enough to score touchdowns. That's kind of the bottom line. I don't think he's going to be as prolific with Geno Smith as he was with Russell Wilson, to be clear. Hot take uh, world. Thank you, DK. I know, but I do think he's good enough to be fantasy relevant and good in fantasy. So, you know, it, it, like, like Craig said, it's very hard to rank him. We've got him, where do we got him ranked? We have him ranked... I love that you just called him fantasy relevant for DK Metcalf. <laughs> fantasy important. Yes, he's our wide receiver 19, which yeah, honestly feels right. Perfectly boring. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, I have him ranked the lowest of all you fuckers. 
Um, so I'm maybe I'm just trying You're just to managing like, expectations. Yeah, I'm trying not to be biased, maybe, but uh, yeah, I still think he's definitely worth drafting. Okay, football is right around the corner, and FanDuel Sportsbook is here to help you make every moment more because right now, new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using promo code Ringer Fantasy, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Uh, can we look up DK Metcalf season long yardage? Is that up? Do they have the props? I have it, DK Metcalf. Well, I have the over under. What is it? 925. I'm taking the under. <laughs> I think I am too. To Shocking. Be Shocking, high fits. Uh, I mean, he had 967 last year and he played every game. I mean, think about that. <laughs> I mean, geez. I'm, I'm taking the over. Stunning. Just so I can <laughs> lord it over you when he does it. There's no better place to get ready for the football season than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using our promo code Ringer Fantasy to get started with your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana, permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as a non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 5342-1888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. The Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. <laughs> you nailed it. I'm going to, I got to do something to make people listen to that. Maybe I'll play some music under it. Wouldn't that be fun? I'll play yakety sax under you reading the disclaimer. I would love that. <laughs> I'll reach out to our Fandle rep. I'm like titillated. I did that in one take. Okay. <laughs> you nailed that. Thank you. Cowboys. A lot of news from Dallas. Okay. So, Obviously, Dallas lost to Mark Cooper in free agency. They were top receivers, so they got CeeDee Lamb. But then uh, the number two receiver, Michael Gallup, tore his ACL in, I think, January of this year. And then he basically just admitted it's not realistic to try mm -hmm. to play in week one, which if Michael Gallup, I mean, remember, J.K. Dobbins is out here just like absolutely roasting in Rappaport for even suggesting he might miss week one. It's rare to see a player just like, I don't think so. I know. So, like, I, I, Michael Gallup's like, week one, not. Nah. Like, guys, can I tell you something? I'm a little worried about week two. <laughs> you got to manage expectations. I think this is good. Under promise and over deliver. That's the key. DK's taking the over on Michael Gallup, I guess. <laughs> Michael Gallup's going to play week one. No, he's not. So, but then on top of that, Cowboys signed James Washington in free agency for Pittsburgh, and James Washington was carted off today with a potential Jones fracture, which, like, a basically you know, a fractured bone in his foot. So that's really bad. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. The Cowboys offense is looking less and less appealing by the day. Uh, the other receivers in the team, they have rookie Jalen Tolbert. They have Noah Brown. DK, can you give us the scouting report on Jalen Tolbert? Yeah. I mean, he, he was a guy actually that you, I compared, I think to Michael Gallup. He's like a big outside guy plays like vertical. He's a small school guy, but uh, really South talented. Alabama. Yeah, like really productive. Played all four I think years he's like, there. I but think. yeah, like he's he's in the Michael Gallup uh, archetype, I guess. Like a big downfield jump 
jump ball guy that can that can take the top off a defense. But I don't know if he's going to be like a high volume guy, even in an offense like this, which is lacking like other targets. I think they're just going to funnel it all to like CD Lamb, and this might even be good for Dalton Schultz, my boy. There's a world in which is in which this is good for Tony Pollard. Of course, that's maybe just wishful thinking, but want to see Tony Pollard get s- slot snaps even though that never happens and we talk about it every offseason. The Toyota Schultz, just consistent, gets you from A to B. <laughs> yeah, I actually think this is bad. Guys, I got a, I got a hot take here, but I think not having good players is bad for real life and fantasy. Hmm. I think this is bad. Yeah, yeah. It's good for CD, isn't it? Like he's going to just get peppered. Uh, there's something about CD. Fantasy's so dumb. Our brains don't work right. <laughs> I just think he's going to get hurt. I think he's kind of skinny. And I'm like, man, if he's the only guy really catching passes and getting open and getting double teamed and he's going to see like 140 targets, I don't know why I have no faith in CeeDee Lamb in 17 games. Does that does that tickle anyone's fancy there, that take? I know exactly what you mean. I'm just like, I don't, he's I don't wiry. trust it. He's wiry. I don't trust <laughs> it at all. He's not the only wiry receiver in the NFL. Well, how many wiry receivers are like great? Well, should we make a list? Uh, yeah, actually, I kind of do. How many, first seriously? team all wiry. First team all wiry. Well, how wiry is CD? So he's Justin Jefferson. You ever heard of this guy called Justin Jefferson? No, he's slithery. It's different. Slithery. Have you ever heard of Deontay Johnson? I'm not saying he's great. He's but not I'm wiry. Just looking at receptions. Yeah, he is. Have you ever no, seen him? No, he's not wiry. Deontay he's Johnson. He's 5'10, 183. Justin Jefferson is an inch shorter than CD and five pounds heavier. That's not very much. Well, that's like water weight. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm out on Justin Jefferson now. Uh, <laughs> also, DK, CD's, CD's like four inches taller than Deontay, but has like eight more pounds. Okay, fine. Deontay Johnson, I'll throw him out. He was in, he's not like elite anyway. But I mean, let's be honest. All of fantasy opinions are based on if you had that player recently and how they perform that year is directly how it affects your, your future predictions of them. Oh, yeah, like I, obviously. I had CD last year. He kind of got banged up a lot. He left a lot of games halfway through, and now I just think he's injury prone. But is that is that a rational thought? Perhaps not. I mean, there's not many receivers with a clearer path to just like dominance than CD Lamb right now. Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase all have very high-end number two guys on their team. Stefan Diggs has an up-and-coming guy, Gabriel Davis. CeeDee Lamb is really the only guy with with little to no competition in the wide receiver The field. thing with CeeDee Lamb is, like, this isn't pushing him up because CeeDee Lamb is, like, obviously poised for a big year, but we're already pricing him like that. Like, the guys, the top six receivers are, I mean, Cooper Cup, triple crown winner, Justin Jefferson, who's Justin Jefferson, and then, I mean, Devontae Adams is there. I mean... Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs. These are all guys who are incredible. And then, like... I mean, Mike Evans is up there. who's had 7,000 yard seasons. And then freaking CeeDee Lamb. Like, so like how much higher do you want him to go? Like, you know what I mean? You're kind of already paying top dollar. I guess my question is, is could CeeDee Lamb, could he lead the league in targets this year? Yes. I mean, it's definitely on the table. Um, I, but I understand where you guys are coming. But I, I'm a big CeeDee Lamb guy, but also like last year, he was very disappointing, you know, at times where he's like basically just disappearing during games at times. And that was really concerning. Um, he's also 23 years old. Yeah, but, uh, but sometimes 23 olds are disappointing. Still up people. and coming. I mean, he's really talented, and now he's the focal point of the passing offense. So um, I don't know what else you're looking for, really, in fantasy, other than, like, I guess, listening to your gut. Well, so are you taking CD Lamb or DeAndre Swift? Uh, CD, I think. So let me look at CD Lamb or Saquon Barkley. Rankings. I just like all the running backs in that range, I prefer to CD, not because he's not good. It's just like, you're paying for the ceiling. And I agree. Craig, yeah, I, got CD, I got CD higher. 
As a as a fake ass doctor, in the words of J.K. Dobbins, <laughs> I think that C.D. Lamb's too wiry. Every time I watch the game, I'm like, God, I hope he just gets through halftime. Sinewy strength, yeah. Sinewy, I some draft shit words. Is it sinew or is it sinew? I thought it was sinewy. 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 Sin, sinewy. Sin, sin, sinewy. Yeah. I don't know. No, this is this is the draft language. We don't use this in real life. Okay. Speaking with the Cowboys, though, uh, everyone's just kind of like announcing. Zeke's funeral and Tony Pollard to be just like the next guy in Dallas. And Jerry Jones just swings in from the top rope and says, Zeke Elliott, quote, has to be our featured back. He is our featured back. We can feature him in a lot of different ways. It's critical that we make Zeke the focus of what we're doing. Now, there's also plenty of room for Pollard. (laughs) Dude, I think that people like, you know what I like about the whole Zeke Tony Pollard thing? A lot of very smart people have done a lot of hard work, a lot of analysis, put in a lot, like like all these great thoughts. People watch the tape. People do the math. And you're like, you know what? Tony Pollard's better than Zeke. These great cases. And people forget that Jerry Jones doesn't give a fuck and he likes Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. And that's the beginning and the end of the story. And also Mike McCarthy is the coach. So there's like layers. It doesn't. There's well, layers of it. He has he's layers of insulation from ever coming off the field. Well, it doesn't matter. Mike McCarthy said... Zeke's a keystone player for us. You know why Mike McCarthy said that? Because he knows who signs his checks. Yeah, like that's yeah. it. Jerry <sighs> Jones likes Zeke Elliott. That's the like like this, this isn't going to be. No one's going to be happy with this because taking Zeke is still going to be risky to take a 26 year old back who has like the most carries in the NFL of the last five years. But he's also not losing the job, and he actually never gets hurt. This is one of our biggest disparities in our rankings. Uh, I have Zeke 28th. DK, 38th, and Heifetz, 45th. I moved him up after this today because I realized that all the people pumping Tony Pollard forgot about Jerry Jones, so I'm, I've moved him <laughs> up. I, I, I will be moving him up tonight after this podcast, actually. Look, Zeke's numbers have been declining year over year. However, if you if you actually watched him play last year, I mean, he was moving around like... He looked good before he got a knee injury. Yeah, he's walking around like he's he's like 60 years old with a back problem. I mean, he, he was... Yeah. I couldn't believe he played every game last year. That's probably the most impressive stat of 2021 is that Zeke played 17 games. I think we all want it to be Tony Pollard. This is a classic case of like fantasy... Wish casting. Wish casting. But like, let's be the honest. Wish. Is not a get, witch. We're not catching witch. witches here. Oh, sorry. Did I say witch, <laughs> witch casting? Wish casting. <laughs> Said a witch casting. Though. Well, we're kind of calling him a fantasy. We got to get a witch if we we're going to get fucking Pollard in here. Or we're not like people there's no want, way. People want Zeke to get Wicked Witch of the East in the house drop on him. Zeke's right. going to have 250 plus carries. I so, I don't. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm just going uh, to step on my take purge ahead of time here. Like I think Ezekiel it's going to just be a top five fantasy running back. Yeah, it's going to feel yes. like an idiot. I actually saw this. This Denny Carter from NBC Sports Edge tweeted this the other day, and I was like laughing because he was like, "I take no pleasure in reporting this, but the Cowboys had the fourth highest rushing EPA before Zeke hurt his knee in Week Four. After that, yeah, he was on pace for fifteen hundred yards. Zeke was. Oh, he was great. Yeah, he's still good. He, he and assuming he stays healthy, he's still going to be like you said, the massive, massive amounts of volume and a good offense that, that runs a lot of plays. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns. There is this like a world in which he's just a top five running back. Don't overthink it. No. You know? Can we just, for the love of God, get Pollard in the slot? He was a he was a receiver oh guy my God. in college. I, hi, hi Fitz, don't do that bullshit. The he running was a receiver in, in the slot. But running yeah, backs but he in, was a receiver in college. People love running backs in the slot. Does that actually equal no. fantasy production? Literally, like, never. It's like <laughs> no, never what I'm actually saying is a thing. Don't make him, just make him into a receiver. 
That honestly, that's interesting because they're so down so many receivers. That's but, what I'm saying. I don't want him to be a, a running back who lines up in the slot because that happens like four times a year. Like we get all excited about it, and then teams will do it one time a game, maybe, maybe, and then like it'll go for like two yards. They won't throw it to him. But I just think they should just turn him into a receiver. Turn him into a slot receiver. I don't care. He that's played receiver ish in college. Thank that's you. Good idea. That's all I'm saying. Just all right. Let him. Play your best players. This is like, um, this is, of course, this is what fantasy players say all the time. Fantasy analysts, like, coaches just can't tell who their best players are for whatever reason. It's like the biggest bane of our existence. Just play your best players. Tony Pollard is one of their best <laughs> offensive players. Okay. I, well, just fucking play. I, I, no, this is where I think people are fucking insane is that when they're like, you know what? I know, you know who doesn't know who the best players are? The coaches. I know who the best players are. I think that, I think, in some cases, it's correct to assume that coaches know more than the average fans, but there's also some really <laughs> fucking terrible coaches, Heifetz. Like, let's not de- like defer to authority here. Like, coaches make a lot of stupid decisions. <laughs> like, let's just be honest. Coaches get a lot of shit wrong. Maybe there's politics around why he's playing. Maybe there's a fucking contract involved here. Zeke. Maybe there's an owner that's really just not letting the coach do what he wants. I was just saying, this case has nothing to do with the coaches. Jerry Jones is the richest fantasy football owner. Jerry's got Zeke on his dynasty it's the team. contract. Jerry's a fantasy football yeah. owner. No, it's not the contract. It's Jerry, Ze- Jerry just loves Zeke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A few other things that happened. So Van Jefferson, Rams receiver, is getting knee surgery. They say he'll be back in a few weeks. Who knows? But opens up a spot in the Rams. Obviously, they have Cooper Cup. They have Allen Robinson. You know, maybe Odell would come back, but obviously Odell had his own ACL injury. He's not going to be playing until like November. Yeah, so. Yeah. McVeigh's openly calling for Odell to join the team, though. Craig, maybe you can pop over for your your brother Sean McVeigh. Does this mean that Tutu Atwell's going to get into games? No, all 145 pounds of him. Now he's not wiry. I'm throwing out my sleeper for the Rams number three receiver, Jacob Harris. Just throwing it out there, putting it into the world. No one. Cares. You guys probably have never heard of him. No, you know who it is. Is everybody doesn't want to admit it because he's boring. It's Ben Skoranek. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy who's going to be That's, in the slot. He's going like to catch four balls a game. Ever, all fantasy analysts are just down bad because Ben Skorwanek is going to freaking be the number three and he's going to catch 800 yards receiving or whatever. And everyone's going to be like, I know he's not their best player, but Sean McVay has no idea what he's talking about. Okay. Ryan Jensen, the Bucks center, uh, had an injury. He left practice. He might be out for the season. We got to see. Uh, that would obviously be a blow for the Bucks' offensive line, both for, I mean, the Bucks' running game, but also just Brady with interior pressure because he's older now. Just, you know, Brian Jensen's one of the best. He's older in the now. Now well, he's I, getting old. I guess he's older. <laughs> Brady's um, a bit older now. All the time. Dude, Craig's getting all meta. We are all older yeah. now, aren't we? <laughs> I just love that. Like, uh, we lost the center. Brady's getting a little old now. It's not getting any younger, guys. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. he kind of is getting younger. He looks great. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. His yeah. social media presence suggests he's like 23. Well, he doesn't run his social media, which is like the thing that shouldn't annoy me, but does. Heifetz, because just don't tell us that. We just yeah, want to believe Yeah, but who cares? You know what? He approves it, probably. He probably has to be like, yeah, I'll do this bit. I know. I just get mad when people are like, wow, Tom Brady's like so good with Instagram. I'm like, he doesn't touch his fucking Instagram. Yeah, but I, I, there's still something to he's him. He's in charge of it. Green lighting he's things. He's not... And- He's the general. He, he gets delegates. the credit. He's not. He de- yeah, he gets credit. He delegates every... He's not but doing But if they're it. like, hey, Tom, we need you to like tr- pretend to trip and fall in the pool in this. And he's like, okay. Like, at least he's saying, okay. I feel like a lot of guys would not do that. He's yeah, making fine. the videos. Well, he's t- he knows what the memes mean. 
Yeah, yeah. No, he doesn't. That's what I'm saying. He does not know, know what the that. memes mean. And he's See, not th- making the videos. What memes did he get wrong? Yeah, he's making the videos. He's in the videos. He's starring in them. He's not They're making telling them. him oh, what well, to do. Whatever. He's involved in the creation of the videos. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's, I'm saying that's <laughs> different things. I'm saying we should give him credit for at least doing these stupid bits that the young people tell him to I do. I mean, Craig, Craig's hottest take is that he doesn't think acting is hard, but he's a pretty good actor. <laughs> that never <laughs> aired, DK. Where, where, oh, sorry. Where? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so I don't want to step on your take. I don't think it's ever going to air, but people are going to freak out now. I'll have to elaborate on a separate date. <laughs> no, we're never elaborating on it. Oh my God. Oh, anyway, I, okay. Uh, moving on. Um, I, I don't, this isn't, all right. Kyler Murray has COVID. And then he also, since we last recorded, he had the video game clause removed oh from his gosh. contract. What a fiasco. What a week for Kyler Murray. I couldn't help but imagine the Ferris Bueller scene where he's like, he has like the lamp on his forehead to pretend like he's co- like he's sick so he could stay home from school just so Kyler can just <laughs> like have a week of video games the second the clause is removed. Oh my God. This is like the opposite, like how people were faking having vaccine cards. Like he's faking having COVID. Oh, okay. I probably shouldn't joke about that, but. Yeah, it is kind of funny. The, 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 that they got the video thing taken out. The video game thing took out. I, I think it's... <laughs> stop. <laughs> it is a humorous situation that he is sick the second the video game clause is removed. Yes. No, we don't. You know, COVID, we don't want him to get sick, but it is a humorous, ironic situation. Tough timing. Yeah. It's, it's quite the week for the guy. Okay. You guys are cowards. <laughs> Look, I'm the one who put this in the doc. I think it's hilarious. As soon as I got the notification from ESPN, I was like, man, God, poor, what a, what a week for this guy. It's all right. I mean, I, I pretended of COVID to get out of a couple podcasts with you guys. I, you know, I was playing Breath of the Wild. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. We also want to do the, the the media hype train here. We got going. Mm-hmm. Best time of year right now. First week of training camp. Dude, I just hook it straight into my veins. I am just <laughs> loving training camp. D- updates. I love every video there is. I love it when they show a guy warming up and just, I- I'm eating that all up. Like people playing against air. Look, look, they threw this professional quarterback through to a receiver who was jogging downfield. Guys, check it out. I love training camp videos actually just absolutely trigger me. And I, I know they well, a lot of things. Trigger it makes me, me so angry. Um, and, and I just, I hate them. And you know, you know why I finally kind of figured out why it's the epitome of like in social media ecosystem, the tail wagging the dog. You know why the rules at a lot of these practices are like very strict on like what you can and cannot record with your phone. 
And so the reporters tweeting out, like, why do they tweet out them warming up? Well, they're not allowed to post the actual videos of the actual <laughs> team practicing where they're actually right. running plays. So you just get the one-on-ones, which are like virtually and utterly meaningless. They like get the videos going and they're like, huh, I need to like caption this quickly because they need to go back to paying attention to practice. And they just put in something vaguely, you know, hype fuel. And then everyone on tour is like, whoa. And I'm like, it's just. It, they're wearing shorts. I quote retweeted a video of Keenan Allen making his wide receivers coach fall down on a route. <laughs> he was lined up against the coach. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I hate this with the white hot intensity of a thousand songs. You know why I love it so much is because Heifetz hates it. That's actually why I pretend to say DK Metcalf is overrated. <laughs> it fucking bothers you. That's really the engine that keeps the show purring is the vitriol between the two of you. <laughs> I just, I just been on a tweet, a retweet binge the last few weeks, just hoping that Heifetz will look at my like feed and just be seething. Just the, you know, like the hand, the fist. All right. Well, why don't you go talk about some of the guys that you're with the training camp hype, huh? Well, there's one that stands above the rest, and his name is George Pickens, <laughs> as Ben Solak would say. Yeah. AKA, what do we, AJ Green 2.0, Julio Jones 2.0, whatever we're calling him. I like AJ Green. It's a good comp. Calvin Johnson. The, that's Cl Chase Claypool. All the right, Steelers not, have yeah. the next Calvin Johnson and the next AJ Green on the same football team. <laughs> and uh, those sons of bitches did it again. He looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You sandbagging son of a bitch. You did it again. Um, look, the pictures are great. There's a picture circulating of him like high pointing catch or pass I should say and like falling on his back that was great uh, <laughs> there's some good videos out there but I will say the beat reporters are corroborating everything and again we we've talked about this on the pod like it's not just one play it's not just one warm up that everyone gloms onto and like thinks that they need to move people up the ranks you want to look for the slow steady drum beat and I think Sigmund Bloom maybe coined that the drum beat throughout training camp that this guy's really standing out. He's playing well. He's climbing the depth chart, all that stuff. It sounds like Pickens has already worked his way into like the number three spot. It helps that Deontay Johnson is like sitting or he's like holding in. He's not really holding out, but he's right. not really. He's working out separately because of contract stuff. And Claypool has a shoulder injury. But yes. Pickens is already kind of sitting out special teams drills, which is usually an indication that he's with the first he's team. He's going to be a starter. Yeah. Um, Brooke Pryor, ESPN. And the first three practices, or if the first three practices are any indication, George Pickens is going to be a huge factor in this offense. He had some monster catches each day, including a nice one over the middle from Trubisky. Oh, by the way, we haven't talked about the quarterback starting the the starting quarterback situation for the for the Steelers lately. How are we feeling about that, guys? So look, Pickett looks pretty bad, apparently. <laughs> also, he got second team. He got reps with a second team today. But Tom even came out and he's like, we're going to rotate everybody through every <laughs> team. He's like, none of this means anything, but I know all of you media losers are going to write about it and like, you know, take all these takeaways from wh who's playing where right now. But this is the first week of training camp and it probably means nothing. The Mason Rudolph, you know, is in the best position to start right now or looks like the starter is the biggest piece of coach speak I've ever heard trying to light a fire yeah. under Trubisky. And We've Kenny seen Pickett, this movie before. Who have been in this offense for like, a month and that's generous and mason rudolph knows the fucking plays he should be if he looked horrible right now uh he shouldn't be on the team so i'm not worried just yet we got a lot of time 
A lot of football. A lot of play. ball game left. A lot, a lot of balls. Of ball. I stand by my stance that Kenny Pickett will be the number three quarterback for the Steelers this season. All right. What else? Who else we got? Who's hyped up? Hi, Fitz, it's your turn. Nate, talk about your your. I giant literally guy. didn't put any of these people in this document. I all right, I'm going to say this one today. for Heifetz. I'm going to do this in Heifetz's honor. I Wanda- hate. I, I hate all of this hype. I'm not doing any of this. I hate all of this. Well, that's why I'm doing it for you, Grinch. Yeah, you're a thief of joy, and that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Can I just state for the record, since you're being such a Grinch about it, none of these are based on one video it's all based on three or the four videos. Beat from beat reporters which does matter we all established that so anyway wandale robinson of the giants you you'd be pleased to know has been according to peter king the star of the giants offense through training camp it's not just peter king saying that he's you hear that i think your beloved peter king likes wandale robinson <laughs> 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 i think is, is so pissed because he's he does not want to be excited at about any of this shit, but it's also his team and Wondell Robinson has the opportunity to be like the next Elijah Moore or whatever. And he just like, he's, he has so much internal conflict right now. I can see it on his face. He doesn't know what to say. Are you excited? Are you excited about Wondell? Yeah, he's probably going to be good. I think, okay. so I think the Giants, um, the question with the Giants with Wondell was like, where the hell is he going to play? Because Kadaris Tony's better in the slot. Sterling Shepard's better in the slot. Wondell's better in the slot. The answer is Sterling Shepard's coming off an Achilles, and the Giants are probably going to go mm-hmm. four wide a lot. Like, they don't have any good tight ends. They're, like, their best tight end is Ricky Seals Jones, who's kind of like a wide receiver. So I think the Giants will have a lot of four receiver sets. So I think Wondell will probably be able to play more than it seemed. And Kadarius can play on the outside, right? Like, he'll be, it, they'll be both, they'll both be in there at the same time. They're not like redundant. Wondell's um, a good late, late, late dart throw. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be like a star this year. I just think. Well, I mean, you literally said he's been the star of the offense. That was literally. Well, I didn't say that. Peter King said it. But you said what Peter King said. Well, I repeated what Peter King said. Yes. Um, All right. Moving on. (laughs) Alan Robinson. Craig's guy. Isn't he your guy? Oh, he is. Indeed. (laughs) Alan Robinson. I pulled I pulled quotes from like multiple people. Our friends, Robert Mays, Jordan Rodriguez and the Ringer's own Austin Gale all just absolutely loving what they're seeing from Allen Robinson in camp. Apparently, the red zone thing is like legit real. We talked about this earlier, basically how Odell Beckham came in and was like the team's designated red zone like mismatch creator. And with Odell gone, or at least injured and not able to play it but the first half of the year, um, this is potentially going to be Allen Robinson. This is why we need to go out and make I don't know if we can make this, but like if there's any double digit touchdown props for Allen Robinson, like bet that because this guy has a chance to be like the basically the go to guy in the red zone. Basically, in the same way that like Adam Thielen is the go to guy in the red zone for the Vikings over the years, like this is potentially what he could bring to this offense. That's a nice comp. Cinderella has found her slipper. <laughs> is Allen Robinson getting breakfast with Matthew Stafford? I sure hope so. I mean, if he would, if he'd be been taking notes from last year, that's very important. Because the, the only real concern care. is that Matt Stafford quietly has not gotten over this elbow issue. He's yeah. like pretty much not throwing yet because he had this injection in his elbow in the offseason. Well, they're like on a pitch count, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he's like hasn't participated in team drills. He's just kind of throwing on the side. So I don't know. That's something to keep your eye on. It's concerning. Okay, Matt Stafford is like, you know, bag of bones. It seems like poor guy. <laughs> they're wheeling him out there every game. <laughs> what? He's like 33 years old. See that those are the hype things I want to hear. Enough of like Allen Robinson looks great. We're like Matt Stafford, right. bag Who's, of bones. Who has sucked? Who's sucked? Can't let's throw. Let's do a, let's do I a just quick think hit. Matt Matt Stafford's always playing through like six injuries. He's like really 38. His body's 38, even if he's 33. It seems like he's been in the NFL for 
two decades. Yeah, and those Lions years were not easy on the body. Well, he's been in the NFL for like a decade and a half. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't Probably why years. it feels like and that. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, all right, Heifetz, who are you really worried about? On every single running back getting hype. Travis Etienne. People are like, oh, Travis Etienne's a star. They don't have pads on. Who fucking cares? Okay. James Robinson is on is not on the PUP. James Robinson will probably be the starting running back for the Jaguars. And everyone's just like freaking out over Travis Etienne. I admit Travis Etienne is probably gonna be incredible. He's like a much better pass catching back. But I do think some of his receiving role is again wish casting. I feel like his actual receiving ability at Clemson mildly overrated. And like I I, I mm. kind of well, mm. you gave me the it, I'm no, just I'm saying. Just I'm just fucking with you. And I feel like we have Travis Etienne very high, and I will say I'm something about this like assumption again for he's essentially a rookie. He got he broke his foot in August last year. He has never played a snap in the NFL, and kind of this assumption that this guy who again just came off a broken foot is going to just take on this massive workload. I know that honestly James Robinson also has an Achilles, but I don't know. I think James Robinson is more like little things well. And I just yeah. kind of am already just absolutely sick of the running backs <laughs> in freaking shorts getting credit oh for God. anything. I just like, I love how curmudgeonly you are about all this. I just like, you know, like I don't know what about it Six months me. for football or whatever, five months, however long. The receivers long it's been. is better for me. Like, like George Pickens <laughs> making great catches, that means something. Like, at least there's like actual cornerbacks and safeties trying to stop them. I honestly don't know what you're supposed to learn from a running back, like in shorts. There's no pads. Well, it's nice to know that his foot is healthy and he like looks. Yeah, ex- looks you know, that yeah, was a year ago. He could have played in January if they made the playoffs. He said, so "Why that. are you worried about his injury then?" What you were you're talking about? How he's coming off a foot injury? He's never played a snap. <laughs> Does that matter? Or does it not matter? I'm saying that like the assumption that. The, the, the foot fracture, like he's not going to get a ton. Like ex- I'm not talking down to down explosiveness. I'm talking overall a massive workload mm, over mm. the course of a season for a, like a potentially stress related injury. I did. I did move ETN down a little bit in the ranks. Ah! Thank you. I, not because I'm worried about his foot. More just that, uh, like you mentioned, James Robinson is back, and it sounds like he's going to have a pretty major role in this offense. He's a really good uh, pass protecting back too, so he could steal some of the third down work. It's a little bit concerning. That's why I just thought felt like we had him a little bit too high. I still think he has a really good ceiling, um, but everything that you're saying is valid. I just like to, I just like how angry you are about it. You're very angry about just, all this. You're right. I am. I don't know why. Honestly, I, I do. It's because I was in the middle seat on a flight to Denver today. <laughs> He's just got and I'm just fucking mad at the world. Sitting on a plane with a I massive just, humanity that, and I could, I understand it. Um, and to be clear, I hate. I'm not one. Of, I don't like to complain about flying. I'm. I'm a firm believer that um, <laughs> flying is a human. Miracle. I'll complain for you. And ninety nine point nine nine percent of humans who've ever lived would say that flying is a myth. I'm like you are a god. Before we go, can I? Uh, I want to ask our listeners. I, I'm going to seek their help. It's my birthday tomorrow. Uh, well, I Ooh. guess it's today when you're listening. We're recording yeah. on the first. My birthday's the second. Happy birthday. I'm going away with some friends for the weekend and we were all talking about, you know, like like what games there are to play. They could be drinking games. They don't have to be drinking games. And it, people pretty much stick to the same games they learned when they were in college and high school. And they've never <laughs> yeah. evolved after that. That's true. Yeah. But I don't know what people, I'm, I'm turning 28. I don't know what people, the youths are playing. So if you got any new great games that you know about, drinking or non-drinking for a house of friends, 
fire that our way. What is, what is your go-to? What, we need to get the ones that you do off the table. I mean, like, it's the classics. Like, you're playing your beer pongs, your king's cups, your, you know, we, there's a lot of games, like, perhaps have different names in do you do, different like, areas cup? of the country. Yeah, Flip Cup. We play a game called Shandy. You can, like, turn card games into drinking games, stuff like that. Shandy? What's that? Chandelier, short for chandelier. There's, like, oh. obviously, you know, uh, beer dye, Stuff like that. But if you know anything that's like, oh, we found out this fun game. If you take this board game and turn it into this, or, oh, we play a game where everybody's got to, like, do something with a anything, let me know. <laughs> I feel like King's Cup is the most timeless drinking game. I think it's Beer Pong, undefeated. Well, Beer Pong, yeah, that's another one. But every, everybody played King's. I could play. Here, here's how you know Beer Pong is a great game. You don't even need alcohol. I get, I'd have fun playing it with water <laughs> for six hours. Yeah. The thing about Kings is King, every game needs to take a note from Kings because the best part of Kings is when you get a king and you can change the rule to a game and you can be like, <laughs> if you curse, yeah. your forehead is on the table until someone else curses. <laughs> and like more games need the, uh, the the chance for people to just add a rule. Play God. Yeah, that's just such I've a never wonderful seen so thing. So little power go to someone's head so quickly. You know what the best rule is? Is if you pull a king, you come up with like a like a word that everybody has to keep their ear out for. And yeah. you make everybody clap anytime you say the word and the last one to clap <laughs> has to drink. So you can just be like, my word is monkey. And anytime I say monkey, everybody has to clap. And it's hilarious. It's a great rule. <laughs> oh, man. I miss playing Kings. Send your, also email your best Kings rules to realfacefootballgmail.com. Interesting. We, never, I don't, we don't call it I Kings. I think it's just a, I mean, you call Chandelier Shandy, but you can't call Kings Cup Kings. Listen, I don't make the rules. You do. It's Kings. You, you do make. You the literally rules. make the rules in Kings. <laughs> I do what I'm told. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm telling you, getting out of here. Go to fantasyfootball.therema.com. Check out our fantasy football rankings. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Kings of Leon. Nice. Kings. <laughs> I don't really funny. like Kings of Leon, but I'm going to throw it out there because they got the word Kings in it. I have no thoughts on them. There's a there's a scene from New Girl where all of a sudden, just randomly, I th I think Schmidt's like, yeah, Kings of Leon. They're just really kind of they're kind of in a rut. I'm like, Kings of Leon catches a real big stray in in New Girl. I don't know what what they did to those guys. <laughs> Sex but, uh, on fire. That's their big song. <laughs> Can you imagine like unironically shouting that into a microphone? What? Sex is on fire. Yeah. This sex is on fire. Like it's just like oh. <laughs> I love when Hyvitz sings on the show. That's really bad. I'm a very bad singer. Although I, I think I've gotten pretty good at karaoke because I've I, I have a really good list of songs that you can do where, where you're really bad at singing, but you can still do the karaoke well. I actually saw your girlfriend posted a video of you doing karaoke on yeah. Instagram, and I watched it. So, ooh, what song? But well, my fa my favorite last show was Photograph. That was my big return to karaoke post pandemic. Was Photograph by Nickelback. Because you can, it's just kind of like it. a guttural, raspy yell, so you can kind of, you don't need to look at really. this photograph. <laughs> Did you guys see the video of uh, Guy Fieri <laughs> rocking out at the? I think it was. I, I I actually don't remember. I think it was a Rage Against the Machine concert. Somebody correct no. me if I'm wrong, but it was like the best video. It was like wait for it, and then it's like panning through the crowd and then it just finds Guy Fieri and he's just like smoking a cigar and like fucking like pumping his fist like rock it out oh my god it, it is Rage Against the Machine I would love to get Guy Fieri <laughs> on the show just Guy Fieri just raging against the machine hard we don't have many guests whole I would love Guy Fieri uh, also I love um, Just a Friend Bismarcky 
Just a Friend by Bismarck is a really good karaoke song if you are really bad at singing. Oh, that is a good one. Because he's just talking. Also, really sad song. He's just like, dude, needs to take a hint. I know. Friend zoned. Guy Fieri's got a stogie in his mouth, drink in hand, <laughs> fist pumping in a leather jacket. What a stud. Has <laughs> there ever been a more genuine person than Guy Fieri? He just lives his... He just lives his vision. Lives his damn truth. Yeah. I read an article. Someone described <laughs> Nicolas Cage as an extremely earnest man in an ironic world. <laughs> thought that was incredible. But I think that's also Guy Fieri. Yeah. I hope he never gets canceled. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is that a thing? Is that, is that just a general hope of all of your favorite yeah, celebrities? It's like, you don't, you know? I, yeah, honestly, you're right. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be like it to look bad in five years that I love Guy Fieri. You either die uncanceled or live long enough to become canceled. Also, what would happen to all the Guy Fieri memes and all the yeah. bachelorette parties who've already purchased their Guy Fieri themed outfits? All right, goodbye, everyone. Check out Johnny Garlics. <laughs> fucking Garlics. That's his fucking restaurant. I googled Guy Fieri <laughs> cigars. There's so many more, yes. there's so many more photos that. of him smoking cigars that are all these photos. He just drinking his smoking cigars all the time. I mean, that's because he's living his most genuine life. What does he do all day? Oh, Johnny Garlic is permanently closed. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. Wait, did he get canceled already? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I heard he's nice. I heard he's like nice to his staff. He also goes to Raiders training camp every year and just makes them like an obscene amount of food for the entire team. I could be making this up, but I maybe it wasn't like somebody needs to do a uh, like a just a really long montage supercut of him like biting into burgers the way he like holds them. And he just like goes, oh, God, that's so good. He basically has like a food gasm, you know, every time he bites into a uh, like a burger. I love. I've watched so much Triple D. I love the Diners, way. Drivings and dives. I was trying to remember the catchphrase. Is it we're heading out? We're rolling out. We're rolling out. Like we're here in St. Louis, but we're rolling out <laughs> to Grandma's <laughs> best barbecue spot. Oh God, yeah. I've watched a lot of that show. He's like, check back in on us next week when we roll out to Minnesota. <laughs> we're rolling out. <laughs> Every time he takes a bite of a burger, he just describes like the, oh, the like only way. Like, yeah. But they always just, he just describes like every type of flavor the tongue can taste. He like takes a bite. He's like, you got the fat of the burger, the mm. crunch of the lettuce, the mm. sweetness of the tomato. That's a killer burger. And he fist bumps the guy. <laughs> fist bumps with all his rings. <laughs> yeah, with all his rings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Craig, should that be the, um, the outcome of the Kenny Pickett bet? What? One of us has to like either get a Guy Fieri wig or do the Guy Fieri hair. <laughs> I want a Guy Fieri shirt. His like I'm gonna, have a t- I'm gonna have a hard time doing the Guy Fieri hair hyphens. I want like one of his like black button downs, just covered in flames. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are sweet. Loser buys the other a Guy Fieri themed wardrobe. When we roll out. 